Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Osier talk about Article 26 of the Augsburg Confession. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota. Whatever your vocation is, start here. Go anywhere grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier. All right, welcome back, fellas. We're on Augsburg Confession, Article 26, and it's Apology, I guess. Got it. Yeah. You barely got uh, it yes. in there. Good right waiting. from the first I, episode. Yes, I, I saw you ready to say that. I was going to yeah. pounce. Right. We are on our final 12 episodes oh, man. of the Augsburg Confession. Now, I know there was talk of retirement. After, no, just yeah, kidding. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some were talking about retiring early Calvin Johnson, but others are going to stay the course. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a programming update, we, we have a couple interesting things we're hoping to get scheduled once we wrap up the Augsburg Confession, a couple interview episodes we want to get done, uh, some review, probably have a question and answer mm-hmm. episode, uh, and then we're going to jump right into the small called articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be good uh, because... <laughs> Uh, Luther is at his belligerent best in the small called articles. He's got some great lines in the small called articles. Uh, it, w- it will be a repetition of some themes, but it'll give us a different way to talk about it. You yeah. know, obviously Luther doesn't approach it in the same way Melanchthon does. Yeah. But but yeah, we're 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 committed to finishing the content of the entire book of Concord, and and there's plenty of ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. What? So um, refresh me here. Small cold ar- articles. How many? Like what, what? How long do you think that would be? Um, let me. I. I, I am. Uh, let me. Let me I, open it up here really quick. I was I've at the formula in, in my mind. That's where we were going. You just surprised me with no, the small, small cold articles. Now I'm nervous. Uh, the small card called articles. There's three main parts. I think. Well, let's see here. Um, the first and second part are both like one article apiece. Let me. You you caught me off guard, and this makes for stunning and deep radio. So there yes. is. Forget it. Well, yeah, Forget it. So it's coming. Yes. They exist. On. One, yeah. two, three, uh, four. Yeah, it's probably about twelve to fifteen articles off the top of my head in the small card. Well, there we go. Uh, All right. So yeah, that's another like sixty episodes. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, the, the the big question for us is going to be how are we going to treat the treatise. Hmm. Uh, because that's going to be, uh, I think, of all the parts of the Book of Concord now, having finished the Catechism, that's been the part I've been most excited for. The Halloween special trick yeah, or treatise next next year. The trick <laughs> Sorry, or treatise. Wow! I, I got Very my nice. dad joke out of me. Yeah, yeah. way there, to be. There we go. Yeah, the the two parts I'm looking forward to most coming up is the treatise and the article uh, in the formula on election. Sure. Yeah. Is this a good time to uh, invite the listeners to send in questions? Yeah. As we're coming yeah, to a close. Anytime. Well, we'll yeah, put some, that sometimes, on... uh, yeah, sometimes people will uh, send us an email or send us a, a message and uh, we'll respond right away. Sometimes other times, you know, may, maybe we'll, we'll store up some of those for a, yep. a Q&A type episode. But yeah, um, what's the email address for that again? Uh, you can find the email. Uh, I actually don't remember the yeah. exact <laughs> address, but you can find the contact form on beinglutheran.com. Yeah. Go to contact us there. And submit a question there. Uh, several of the listeners know how to get a hold of us personally anyway. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, we'll probably Brett will probably have you start shooting out yep. uh, Augsburg conque- Aug- Augsburg confession <laughs> questions. <laughs> wow, Augsburg uh, confession questions. All right. uh, in Con- the next questions. couple of weeks, Con- that's Con- what we should call it. <laughs> yes. The Augsburg Conquestions episode. No one. Well, that's the Inquisition. And now everybody Uh, has stopped listening. Yeah. So we're good. Um, So 26, Brett. Yeah, I should read that so we don't get uh, too far off. (laughs) All right. So uh, once again, and we were joking of that, you know, the, the, article about justification is very short, maybe like a paragraph. And then uh, here, this one is... is like, three full pages Yeah, long. <laughs> three full pages. Uh, like some of the more recent ones that we've done as well. So I'm just going to read the first portion of it uh, to get us into it. And uh, I think over the next episode and, and this episode and next episode, we'll, we'll cover um, you know a good ground here. But uh, with that said, uh, I'm reading Article 26 of the Augsburg Confession. Uh, the distinction of, of foods or the distinction of meats. Um, It says this, in former times, men taught, preached, and wrote that distinctions among foods and similar traditions, which had been instituted by men, served to earn grace and make satisfaction for sins, for sin. For this reason, new fasts, new ceremonies, new orders, and the like were invented daily and were ardently and urgently promoted, as if these were a necessary service of God, by means of which grace would be earned if they were observed and a great sin committed if they were omitted. Many harmful errors in the church have resulted from this. All right, that's where we'll we'll stop for now. Yep. So at at the get-go, if we're going to make a distinction between meats, there's beef, (laughs) and there's pork, Uh, there's chicken. Right. You just have to get it out of you. I I recently had to decline an invitation to Fogo de... Now, this is how yeah. I don't know. Oh. I say chow, but chon, chon, chon is how like they that. pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. And Shuhasteria. it made me sad because there, I, I do distinguish between the meats. I go with the expensive <laughs> meats. Uh, I know what I'm paying for, and I go for that. Yeah. And I wish it made satisfaction for sins because if it, I would oh, be the man. most. You would have a super I abundance. This, I would be, <laughs> you'd be like, sign I would me up have for merits that. to give you yeah. <laughs> if, if that was the case. Some about bacon wrapped uh, filet mignon. Yes. Yeah. Apologies to all our vegetarian and vegan listeners. But yeah, right. Uh, the, really, the, the funny thing about this is this is in actuality why uh, today suddenly around Lent, yeah. every fast food restaurant mysteriously and completely unrelated starts to offer a version of the fish sandwich. So I went in one time. <laughs> my first, I was I was a vicar out in yeah. in Pittsburgh, and I, out there we wore you know the, the clerical collar, and and I was going into an Arby's on Good Friday, which was an incredibly crazy day. Uh, for our church, there was a lot of events. Uh, there was a full afternoon service, and there was a, a morning and an evening thing too. It was it was busy, and I was hungry, and I had a quick time. I stopped at Arby's and I asked for a roast beef sandwich, the big Montana, I think, is what I asked for. <laughs> and the kid at the the kid at the counter, he looked at me in the eye. And you know how they would look down to type it into their little, you know, computer machine so the people in the back knew to start making the big Montana. But I had my clerical collar on, and it was Good Friday, and this presumably Catholic kid looks me in the eye without looking down. Like, are you serious? Are, 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 you do know, Father, what, uh, you know, what holiday this is, right? Yeah. You can't. It's, yeah. it's, it's Good Friday of all Fridays to eat meat. <laughs> this is the Good this Friday. Is, this I'll is get the, you a fish sandwich instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Uh, yeah, interesting. So, so yeah, that's, what, what is, what's going on with this article? What, what's the deal here? So the, the core of the article is measuring the value of tradition. 
And in, in flowing from that, what we want to be doing with this article, because again, remember, this is an article of practice mm-hmm. in the Book of Concord. It's part of the disputed articles. What we want to be doing is distinguishing from tradition and superstition on the one hand, mm-hmm. and also delineating the role of the gospel in saving souls from the value of tradition in the church. Hmm. So tradition sits front and center at this article, but there's two separate ways we go, and the, either direction is... There's a good conversation to be had there, but one is distinguishing between tradition and superstition, and one is distinguishing between tradition and the gospel. Yeah. 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 Which way, Adam, which which path do you want to go on first between those two? Which path? Tradition and the gospel or tradition versus superstition? Oh, let's go with tradition versus gospel. This sounds like a game show. Open that door, Jason. Traditional talk radio hasn't released an episode for like five months, so we'll just take the role of the fake Lutheran game show. Yeah, there you go. So what's behind door number one? Tradition and the gospel, Adam. All right. Here we are. $500, Alex. Okay, well, let's talk about it. What's... You know, and I, even as the way you set that up, Jason, it it just made me think of just our modern context. You know, somebody reading this might say, you know, distinction of meats, you know, that's... That's too, that, that, that's weird. That's weird. You know, that was a long time ago, but you know, the way you talk about it, that's, we deal with that kind of stuff all the time. Well, the, the funny thing, like I said, again, the residue of the original issue is still there. Yeah. I mean, yes. the filet yep. fish exists <laughs> because of the Roman Catholic practice yeah. of not eating meat on Fridays. Right. Like, somehow fish is not meat. Should, should, but, let, can we unpack that well, before we keep using that as a reference? Like what's, what's going on with that practice? Um, with uh, well, Jason or Adam, door, which door to... <laughs> so it, it, tradition has, and I don't know the exact... This is why one of the, the things we need to do is get Dan Van Voorhees uh, on the show. That's why I, I, I was like making eye contact with like, Brett. Like, no, make Jason answer because <laughs> I off. typically do the background check on this and I don't, I don't know exactly yeah. the history and the practice and how it ended up becoming mm-hmm. what it was. Regardless of where it started, it became tradition that you don't eat meat on right. certain days and especially during Lent. And it's part of the, the Lenten fast really is mm-hmm. the big issue here. Again, uh, I observe a Lenten fast most years. Many people do yeah. without burdening conscience, but the the prescribed method of the Latin fast in the Roman church is that you don't eat meat on Fridays, but fish is acceptable. Hmm. And so... I, you know, I guess I haven't studied this, but I, I kind of wonder if it has anything to do with the, the crucifixion uh, on Good Friday. Well, or, so it's a Good Friday yeah. thing, and, and it's, you know, it's... It can be a, a mortification of the yeah. flesh issue, yep. you know, yep. a, a spiritual discipline kind of thing. You know, take a listen to our interviews with Gretchen Ronovic and yeah. read her book a little bit on that too. Mm-hmm. But in all of this, what happens is that the church has prescribed specific activity mm. apart from scripture, and then these prescribed ceremonies or fasts or behavior yeah. or whatever the case, it has been become so ingrained in church culture that uncatechized people begin to believe that we are earning ourselves merit by successfully displaying this behavior. So like, I'm a better Christian if I get through Lent uh, with my fast intact than if I cheat. Mm-hmm. Sort of a thing, yeah. And that's what's the the heart and soul behind this article, as far as comparing the gospel to 
church tradition yep. is the confusion where church tradition will usurp the gospel and it will be a way where we can earn merit or favor before God. Right. So to say it another way, basically, it's kind of like if you have, uh, if you're observing these things, does it point you to yourself or does it point you to Jesus? Correct. Really, that 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 summarizes, I think, that that debate very well. Well, and, and even in that, you know, we we're going to go round and round on this with all the caveats, but it's it's worth it. There, there is in in practicing a discipline, there is no real issue of directing ourselves inward as long as it's for self reflection. To the where the end is repentance and not merit, mm-hmm. right? So the whole yeah. point of fasting in Lent is that one we're mortifying the flesh, we're developing discipline and and you know willpower, but we're to dwell on Christ's sufferings, mm-hmm. you know, and you know as we suffer, you know, usually what I will do is um, I'll give up soda for Lent. I won't, you know, Pop. so yeah, no soda. <laughs> Okay. You're from Illinois and I'm from Minnesota. Why is this reversed? Yeah. Uh, so I give up soda or, you know, some people give up coffee or, you know, Why would you, you do that. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a bridge too far. Right. Uh, but you give up something. And then the idea is every time you have a craving for the thing you give up, you instead stop and meditate on the suffering of Christ. And that's what you're saying, Adam, mm-hmm. where it directs us Christward instead of inward. There's also that where every time I feel that, that urge... I repent of my sins. You know, it, it becomes almost a, a spiritual sort of memento mori where we, yeah. we dwell on yeah. death, but in death we repent of our sins because it's sin that kills us, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's the healthy way to observe this sort of tradition. And I think in addition to that, I think not only that, but the lack of the thing that we gave up or that we desire is actually pointing us to the fulfillment in that which we do not lack in Christ. I think that's another aspect of, mm-hmm. of the fasting process is that you're, you're recognizing the, the sufficiency of Christ in our earthly lack. Um, and it points us that way rather than to our own, look at me, Jesus, see how many burgers I gave up this week? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, and, and that's where the confusion happens because what Melanchthon's writing here in Article 26 is that uh, there have been so many invented ceremonies and yeah. traditions in the church that it's paralyzing and people just pick and choose their preferred way to earn God's yep. favor. Yep. And and so it's like, well, yeah, look at me, Jesus, how many cheeseburgers did I give up? Or yeah. uh, how many times... Uh, well, again, Lent is easy because it's the built-in time yeah, when most people I, are thinking about that. I was going to say, you know, I, I think that we could expand that in, in modern church life to... Uh, just other church events where we make up a church event and we we kind of guilt trip people into coming or, um, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm against events, but you know, we can fill up our, our lives so much with church stuff. And then uh, there's kind of like this pressure to, well, you know, why didn't you come to that? You know, there, the, you know what I'm saying there with uh, in, in terms of uh, just kind of making yourself a better Christian or, or, or something along those lines. Well, and, and, and of course, the big idea for us in this is that we can't roll our eyes and say, ha ha, that's too Catholic. We yeah. don't do that. The same sort of thing is exactly what's going on in the generic American church today. There are all sorts of sacred traditions yeah. yep. that are observed apart from scripture that one will call into question their own holiness if they choose not to do it. I mean, uh, I have been a part of a church that had so many things 
going on on a day-to-day basis that people were burning themselves out yeah, trying to participate right. in all of it. Yeah. And, and there was this subculture. It wasn't for everyone, but there was this subculture in the church where if I didn't go to Tuesday night, people would wonder what's wrong with me. Or if I didn't go to the right. Saturday morning men's prayer breakfast or whatever yeah. the case may be. All of these things in and of themselves yeah. are neither good nor bad. Yeah. They can be good, they can be, good. Yeah. they can be detrimental, but you you generate this culture yeah. where you are a slave to the public display of your faith in a man-made tradition, and, and yeah. that's the big thing, yeah. right? Yeah, well said, yep. And so looking at like Lenten traditions, so I give up soda, but, but one of the other thing is I, I know several people who, as a part of Lent, also try to add a positive behavior to it. So I know someone who every year during Lent, she reads the entire book of Concord. Hmm. During the 40 days of Lent, which that's 700 pages of material. That's pretty impressive. It's a lot of pages a day. Yeah. Uh, I also... When did they watch the office reruns that they're well, exactly. obliged <laughs> to watch? Maybe we know someone every Lent watches through the series, all seven seasons of The Office. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or nine or whatever. Nine, but, yeah, I think. But, you, I mean, with the absurdity of what we just talked about, you can see how quickly this goes off base. Right. You know, again, there are good traditions. I know earnest Christians who, apart from Lent... Uh, every time, uh, every communion Sunday, they fast before communion. They will not eat normal food until after they partake of the body and blood of Jesus in like communion. That. Yeah. That's a good practice to be in. It's not necessary. However, I will say in that exact same practice, uh, I have a family member who does that because that's what her church tells her she has to do. Exactly. Yeah. You see, and there's yeah. the difference. Distinction so there. Yep. You have a pre- prescribed piety, or if you get to the place where you think less of someone who in their Christian freedom chooses not to participate in that, that's also a problem because what we're doing is we're taking Christian identity out of the realm of the gospel and putting it in performance. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the problem when we're comparing church tradition to uh, the gospel yep. is our Christian identity needs to be anchored in the completed work right. of Jesus Christ on the cross in our place and not on the incompleted work of our piety as we are being sanctified on a daily basis. I feel like, you know, there, there are, we can go a thousand different directions with this. Yeah. But one of the areas that I'm thinking about personally, and this is where I struggle, and this whole debate, this whole conversation centers around the nature of the freedom of the Christian, right? So, so the idea of freedom versus bondage, uh, behaviors which in one context are great and in another context is a, a complete example of legalism, right? A perfect example of legalism, I mean. And so you have this going back and forth. For me, interestingly enough... It's praying before a meal. Uh, you know, there is nowhere in Scripture, although yeah. Jesus does it, and we, I think we'll eventually talk about this in one of the upcoming episodes, but prescriptive versus descriptive. Yep. Uh, and I don't want to go there yet. I don't think you do either, Jason. But um, when Jesus prays before the Lord's Supper, you think, okay, so we should be praying before the meal. Now, And I know that's been a practice. We do that with my family. We do that with, um, you know, at home. Uh, we do that when we go out to eat as a family. We do pray together. But I don't when I'm individually going out, in part because I found myself doing it so as, I, oh, I have to do this so everybody thinks I'm a good Christian. And the, the listeners can't see me, but I'm bowing my head and closing my eyes just like I'm supposed to, right? Um, you know, and I feel like at that point, it becomes about what people are seeing in me rather than what I am thanking God for. And I think privately in my own heart, I am thankful for food, especially steak, even on Fridays during lunch. <laughs> especially bacon-wrapped filet yes. That's right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I 
I don't do it because I don't want to be noticed. And I feel like this, there's this tension inside of me, and I feel guilty about it. And it's funny how that works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how our consciences are burdened when we feel we have to do these things. And I think that's you know that's you mentioned directly here. Mm-hmm. Our, our our consciences being burdened. So I, it's funny that you bring that up. This comes up every year at Ash Wednesday for my church. We do imposition of ashes at our church on Ash Wednesday. It's a common practice, though not universal. Even you Catholics, uh, yes, yeah. or even in Lutheran circles, <laughs> it's not yeah, universal, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in in places that practice imposition of yeah. ashes on Ash Wednesday, some of them do it as you approach the communion table on Ash Wednesday. Uh, some of them do it as, as a special part at the beginning of the service. Uh, we do it at my church before the service. Um, so it's entirely voluntary. So what I do is for an hour or two before the Ash Wednesday service starts is I open up the altar for private confession and absolution, and then a person can receive the cross of ash as they come up to receive forgiveness of sins mm-hmm. and get the you are dust and to dust you shall return, right? Anyway, there was this interesting conversation several years ago uh, in some online Lutheran forum I was observing. And, and the question was, a person asked their pastor, uh, what should I do with the cross of ash afterwards? Now, in other, I forgot, in other uh, traditions, the imposition of ashes service happens in the morning on Ash Wednesday. And so uh, in, in more formal cultures in the upper Midwest, you can go and people will be walking around at work all day with the cross of ashes on their forehead. And so this person, not knowing what to do, pastor, what should I do? And the pastor told this individual, if you're proud of it, wash it off. <laughs> if you're ashamed of it, keep it on. Huh. And, and that's the same thing with like the idea of pr- publicly praying before a meal or, or any, if you're doing it to score points, to look pious, then you need to pray without being noticed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you are avoiding it, because you don't want put to draw put up, attention. Put up your menu yeah. like but, the, on the table. Yes. Yeah. And slowly bow my head behind <laughs> yeah. the... Uh, yeah. There's yeah. always this tension of Christian pride because we cannot yeah. distinguish the difference between our sinful pride and the fear of humility. And that's uh, also surrounding this discussion on tradition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, that's maybe a good spot to uh, wrap it up here uh, before we get into kind of the way uh, this article goes on to break that down. And uh, there are more talking points related to that. So encourage you to uh, stay tuned next week as we continue to talk about this Article 26. Um, so thanks for listening today. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Consider attending Christmas at FLBC, December 2nd through the 4th, featuring performances by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary Choirs and the Symphonic Wind Ensemble. Register for free and find our live stream information at flbc.edu slash Christmas. God bless you and have a great week.